All right, this is the time of year that we're thinking about the coming of Jesus, uh, both into this world as he was born as a baby, but also the coming that we prepare our hearts for as we receive him as our Lord and Savior. This is a time of renewal, of reminding of what a blessing that coming is. So as we prepare for the beginning of the New Testament, one way we do is we look back sort of at the end of the Old Testament. And right there at the end is this prophet named Malachi. And so today we're going to read a portion of what Malachi had to say. I don't think many of us have become very close friends with Malachi. Uh, it might have been hard to be close friends with him if you really got to know him. Uh, but we're going to listen to some things that he tells us today. Let's be standing, please, as we hear this, because this truly is the word of the Lord. Malachi helps to prepare our hearts for the coming of God. You have wearied the Lord with your words, Malachi tells the people. Yet you say, how have we wearied him? By saying, all who do evil are good in the sight of the Lord and he delights in them. Or by asking, where is the God of justice? See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to the temple. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, indeed, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's lie. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. Then I will draw near to you for judgment. I will be swift to bear witness against the sorcerers against the adulterers, against those who swear falsely, against those who oppress the hired workers and their wages, the widow and the orphan, against those who thrust aside the alien and do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. May God bless the reading of his word. You know, in our family life, there's a lot of precious moments, and sometimes in looking back, I've sort of claimed some of those that I hadn't thought of before, and today or this week in thinking about bringing the words of Malachi to us, uh, it dawned on me that there was a time in our life and family life that I saw from both sides that was really very precious, and that was that transition from school to home. You know, you sit there in class and wait for the bell to ring, and then finally it rings, and you get to go home. And it's those first few moments of encountering parents again. When I was a child, we only lived about a block or two away from the elementary school, so I walked back and forth. And I can still remember walking uh, up to the back door and opening it, and I was so fortunate to have a mother that was always home there, and she'd be in the kitchen fixing a snack for me, and I'd sit down at the table and eat the snack, and we would just sit there and talk for a little bit. Well, I really began to appreciate that when I was a parent. 
And there were times that I would go pick the kids up from school, and those first few moments, it just seemed like maybe defenses were down, or uh, I don't know, but we sort of bonded and, and learned a lot about what was going on. I remember Pat uh, picked up Jeff, our middle son, the last day of school, and has become sort of a family story about their conversation because she asked him how the day went. He said that they had talked about the whole year and everything and and answered some questions. And one question that had been asked was, did you have a bad day at school? And Pat said, well, did you have a bad day at school? And he just burst into tears and said, yes, it was the day they call me fuzzball. Uh, he had sort of an unruly cow lick, and he'd, we didn't get it all, you know, down. When, and one day the kids all called him fuzzball, and he said, I wouldn't have had a bad day in school if they hadn't called me fuzzball. Yeah. Those moments are really sort of special when you sort of find out what's going on in the kids' lives. I mean, usually I would ask questions like, how was your day, or did you learn anything? Any of you know Ellie Wiesel, that name? Ellie Wiesel was uh, a, a Nobel a prize winner in literature who was born in Germany in the early 1900s and at the age of 15 was taken into concentration camps by the Nazis. He was Jewish and uh, spent some time in the concentration camps. Has done a lot of writing about what it was like to live uh, in a Nazi concentration camp and uh, that's been the source of a lot of his uh, acclaim and awards. He told that It was really special to him when he went home in those first few moments that he had with his mother after school. And his mother would greet him every day the same way. And what she would say to him was, Ellie, did you ask a good question today? I thought, wow. I wonder if that was not a part of the reason that he became such a wonderful author himself. What a wonderful thing to ask someone. Have you asked a good question today? The value of good questions is immense in the art of teaching and in the art of learning. Teachers struggle to come up with a good question to ask their students so that the students will think then and and will learn. And good students struggle to come up with good questions in order to learn more about what it is that they are studying. Now, why are we talking about this? Because Malachi, the prophet, understood the value of good questions. Malachi wrote a little book. That's why he's in the minor prophets. You know, the only difference between a minor prophet and a major prophet is the size of the book that's been preserved. Malachi wrote a book that's only four chapters long in our Bible, the way we've got it divided up, and we've divided it into 55 verses. Do you know how many questions are in Malachi's 55 verses? Try 22. Out of 55 verses, there's 22 questions that are asked. Malachi knew the value of posing a good question. Now, some of those questions are questions that the people were asking Malachi or asking God. And some of those questions are questions that Malachi and God through Malachi are asking the people. Now, who is this Malachi? Well, we don't know much about him. In fact, did you know that we don't even know if there was a guy named Malachi at all? Because the word Malachi means 
my messenger. And in fact, we just read in, didn't we, in the text, in chapter 3, verse 1, that God is sending my messenger. He says, I'm sending, in Hebrew, Malachi. Malachi. So it could be that Malachi is just sort of a nickname or an appellation describing this person. Some people say that Malachi was really Ezra. Ezra has a book, remember, Ezra, Nehemiah. And that that really would fit because Ezra was a priest in the second temple period at the reconstruction of the temple whenever the worship was being reordained and rebegun. And it would fit that Ezra would be the one that was concerned about exhorting the people to come and to worship God like Malachi does. Ezra was the one that called them back to the worship of the Torah to keep God's law like Malachi does. So maybe Malachi's Ezra. Other people say, no, 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 Malachi, my messenger, is Mordecai. Anybody know who Mordecai is? You studied Esther, you know the story of Esther and her cousin Mordecai? Could be. But then other Jewish scholars say, no, there really was this guy whose name was Malachi. So we'll let him be Malachi today and listen to some of the questions that he asked. He asked good questions. And if you get nothing else, I hope you're going to get something else here in the next few minutes from Malachi. But if you don't take anything else home with you, (laughs) that reminded me of the old preacher. I haven't told an old preacher story in a while, have I? About the guy that talked about how uh, he quit coming to church because he couldn't remember anything that happened. He couldn't remember anything in the sermon. And he said, it's just like my mind is a, a leaky bucket. I go and I fill it up. By the time I get home, it's empty. The preacher said, yeah, but it's clean. (laughs) So sometimes just coming to church and hearing all these things, if we don't remember them, at least it sort of cleaned us out a little bit and got us ready to go again. But if you don't remember anything else and you don't take anything home but a clean bucket, all right, remember the value of asking good questions. Don't let your life pass by just talking about trivialities. Don't live a life that's unexamined. Ask the good questions. Ask the probing questions. Ask the real questions. In Malachi, we come across 22 questions. Here's some of them. How has God shown us that he loves us? Good question. One that deserves some thought and an answer. How have we scorned the name of God? What about us have we done and said that has brought disrepute upon the name of God? Will God be gracious to you? Has God been gracious to you? Will God accept you? Has God accepted you? Do we not all have one Father? And have we not all been created by the same Creator? Well, those are some of the questions that Malachi has. But there's two in particular we really want to zero in on today. One is a question that's not being asked by Malachi. It's being asked by the people. And Malachi acknowledges the question. And these people think it is the ultimate question. Malachi says, I know what you're asking. The question you are asking is this. Where is the God of justice. 
That is a question that every one of us has asked at some time in our lives, in some form or another. Every one of us, if we are asking questions at all, has asked the question, why doesn't God do something about this? Every one of us has either sat in front of the television, picked up a newspaper, read it on the web, or some horrendous, awful event that has occurred, and in our hearts we go, why did God let that happen? Where is God? Where is the God of justice? If there is truly a loving God, why doesn't he put a stop to the evil in the world? Because right before Malachi asked that question, he says, you're going around saying God must like evil people because he sure lets a lot of them get away with a lot of stuff. Where is the God of justice? All of us have asked that question. Some people use that as the ultimate question and the reason they no longer believe in God. I've read authors. I've had people tell me, I don't believe in God anymore. Because if there were a God, he wouldn't let the evil things happen in the world that happen. So therefore, I've asked the ultimate question. There is no answer to it. And I have renounced my faith. Well, Malachi says, that's a good question to ask. But I have a better question for you to ask. And so while... The people are asking, where is the God of justice? God is asking through Malachi this question. Are you really ready for the God of justice to show up? Do you think your life is ready for the God of justice to make his appearance? Do you think you can handle The God who insists that all evil be punished. Do you think you're ready for him to come into this world? Good question. After he asks that question, he makes two points. Number one, he says, you better get ready because he's coming. He is coming. He says, I will send my messenger before me to prepare the way, and the Lord will come. The Lord of justice who comes to right wrongs, to bring righteousness, and to destroy evil is coming. But what you need to know is that the evil he is going to handle first is the evil that he finds among his own people. That's where he's going to start. He's going to start by removing the evil and purging the evil out of the people who have worn his name and claim to be his children. If we look in Malachi chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, this is what he says. He says, I'm coming to deal with the children of Levi and with those who live in Judah and those who live in Jerusalem. And at the time that Malachi was talking, those were the people of God. Those were the children of God. And he says, I'm going to come and I'm going to look into their lives and into their hearts and we're going to get rid of the evil that I find there. That's why Malachi asks the folks, are you ready for that? Do you just want God to deal with the evil out there? 
Or do you want him to deal with the evil in here too? If you want the God of justice to appear, then you've got to be ready to accept his justice and to accept the fact that he has come to destroy all evil, even yours and mine. Now he goes on to say in the second point by giving us two images of what that's going to be like. These are marvelous images. One, he says, it's going to be like a fuller washing the new cloth with lye. Did you get that sentence? Those are a lot of words we don't usually put together. A fuller. What's a fuller? Well, a fuller is translated in some of your Bibles right now that you may be following along in as a launderer. And it says that the launderer is going to wash the people with soap. I don't like that translation. It's not very accurate because doesn't that sound nice? Pat and I last night were in Bath and Body Works. Is that the name of that place? You know, where you sort of your eyes start watering and your head starts spinning from all these smells that are going on around you. And, you know, each one of those things may smell good by itself, but when you put them in all in one room, it's like, whoa. You know, we think of soap like that, that God is going to come and he's going to get some strawberry lilac lavender vanilla soap and he's going to wash us off. And get us all clean and ready to go. And think, oh, that would be so nice. No. Not according to Malachi. A fuller was a guy who took the raw cloth that had been made. And most cloth back then was made out of animal hair. And in it, it had the oil from the animal and the dirt and the grime. And once the cloth had been woven together, a fuller took it. And used lye. There was no real soap back then. It was just lye. You know what lye is. The alkali substance that, that is produced from leaching uh, you know, the lye out of the wood burnings and other. You know, any of you remember grandparents making lye soap? Uh, I can still see my, my grandmother out there stirring that pot you know, and making her lye soap. It's rough stuff. And they took the lie and they put it on the cloth and then they hired little boys to jump on it, you know, and jump up and down on it. And they took it and they beat it on the rocks and they watched. And it was a rough process to get that dirt and grime and oil that was so deep within the cloth. God knows that the evil we've kept in ourselves is down deep. And it takes a lot to get it out. And he says that's what God is wanting to do, is to get rid of the evil in his people's hearts. Then he uses a second illustration. He says like a refiner's fire. Now, all fire is hot, but a refiner's fire is, is just amped up, you know, because it's not like the fire in your fireplace that'll burn wood or the fire on your stove that will cook your food. This is fire that will melt metal. And you put the metal like gold or silver into the refiner's fire and it's so hot that it melts the metal and it begins to destroy the, the unprecious stuff, the bad stuff that's mixed in with the metal and it burns it up. Now it's interesting that Malachi talks about refining silver. He talks about silver and gold, but he really harps on the silver. And an interesting thing is that was pointed out in one of the scholars I was reading about this passage is that... The silver refiner, the one who was refining silver, did you know how he knew when it finally was right and all the bad stuff was gone? It was when he could lean over and look 
into the pot that the silver was burning and melting in. And when the silver had become so bright and shiny in there that he could see his own reflection, he knew it was ready. And God with us wants to remove the evil from our lives until he can lean over and peer into our souls and see the reflection of his own image that he put there long ago. That there it is, it's back again. Because the evil that had clouded it over, the evil that had tarnished it, is gone. Malachi, he's a tough guy. He asks some tough questions. And I know those of us who are Christians, who have come to be God's people through the cross and the mercy of God and the sacrifice, we say, well, we don't have to worry about the evil in our lives because God is gracious and will forgive us of that. And that is true, but that does not remove his desire to get it out. He wants it gone from our lives. And so therefore, as we read the words of Malachi and we listen to his questions, if we really are serious about being holy. We just sang a song that's a wonderful song. I didn't really know that song. I think I'd heard it a few times before. But the chorus is wonderful. It says, I want to be holy. I choose to be holy. That's great. It's a great thing to want to be holy. It's great to choose to be holy. But Malachi asked the hard questions. Are you tough enough to become holy? Can you stand the refining process it's going to take for God to get the evil out of your heart and your life? Are you willing to stand before him and say, I know that there's some things I'm going to have to give up that I hold dear and don't want to give up so that I can be holy and I can be totally yours. I know that there are some ways about me and some thoughts within me that need to be gone, but for some reason I find it easier to hold on to them But will you place yourself in the hands of the fuller who will wash you and scrub you with lye soap? Will you place yourself in the hands of the refiner that will put you in the hot fire and burn it out until it's gone? Do you want to be holy that much? Do you choose to be holy in a way that is real? The call of Malachi is a call to introspection. And to asking good questions. Do I truly want to get rid of my own evil enough to ask God to come and to do it, even though it may be tough? In a moment, we're going to stand and sing another song. And if Malachi has sort of touched your heart and stirred around in there and said, you know, There's some things in my life I just haven't dealt with yet, and it's going to be tough to do, but I want to. We're going to have some of our elders and staff members standing around on the perimeter and at the back. And if you would like to go and to ask them to pray with you for the courage and the strength to hand yourself over to God, the refiner, God, the fuller, to wash and purify you then go and let that elder, that staff member pray with you. Or if there's something else going on in your life, if, if you're concerned about your health, if you're concerned about the health of a family member or friend, if you just have any burdens at all, 
don't leave carrying them. As scripture tells us, lift up and give your burdens to him. Cast your burdens upon him, for he truly cares for you. So as we stand and sing, this is your invitation. Let's stand.